the Weston Walker Show. Walker Mail and Wes Bryant with you until 3 p.m. The Charlotte Hornets take on the New York Knicks tonight at the Spectrum Center. Tip is set for 7 p.m. And you can catch that game right here on 92.7 FM WFNZ. To help us with some Hornets discussion, who better to bring on than a player for the team? Let's welcome Jalen McDaniels to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jalen, we appreciate the time, man. How are you? Good. Appreciate y'all for having me. How y'all doing? Yeah, we're doing well, Jalen. We really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Now, you guys have suffered a ton of injuries this season. You've started seven games, though, so far. You're playing more minutes than you ever have. I'm interested when when these players will come back, LaMelo, Gordon, Dennis Smith Jr., Cody Martin, it's ridiculous the amount of injuries. But when those guys come back, have you thought about your role now compared to what it might be when some of those players return from injury? Um, I feel like it's the same, honestly. I feel like the only difference is just getting more opportunity, of course, by starting just playing like 30 minutes. Um, you know, I feel like it's just more opportunity. But, you know, I'm still just having the same role, honestly. I feel like just getting more opportunity to score, uh, shoot more, and stuff like that. So just trying to capitalize off that. Jalen, how much do you think you've improved with all of that opportunity you're getting? And is there an area you think you're specifically improving the most in? Um, I feel like I've improved a lot um, just in my all-around game, honestly, um, this year, playing a lot of minutes, doing a lot of different things, uh, just showing that I'm a real versatile player. Uh, so I feel like that's been helping me a lot this uh, this season as well. Jalen, West Bryan here. With you playing a career-high in minutes and you're off to a great start this year, career-high in points, Coming into this season, I know you trained hard, but was there uh, uh, extra emphasis knowing that you were going to have to play more minutes with the injuries, and was there a change to your regimens, diet, et cetera, or do you just prepare like you always have? Yeah, I just prepare like I always have. Like uh, I try not to think about too much. I just go out there and play, you know, um, starting or not, you know, just, just going out there and play and just being myself. And then what's your mindset like offensively when you're out there now knowing that you're needed more uh, scoring and you're needed more basically everywhere? Are you finding it a different type of dynamic when you're out there uh, now getting much more minutes as opposed to when you were out there just coming off the bench in a limited role? I just feel like I'm just getting more opportunities to score uh, just because I'm in playing for 30 minutes just – the ball, I'm getting the ball in my hands more uh, in position to create more. So I feel like I'm real comfortable because I've worked on all the stuff I'm doing. I'm not trying to do stuff outside my range, you know. So that's why I feel so comfortable well, and, uh, starting and doing more stuff. Well, and Jalen, I mean, not to belabor it, man, but like two things that I've seen you improve a lot on, it's your handles. I mean, you're taking guys to the rack consistently and your assist percentage is actually way up. You're making a lot more plays for a lot of different guys out there on the court. I just feel like playmaking overall is something you've really worked at and it's shown up on the court. I mean, how much of that was an emphasis going into this year, even with everything else, of course, coming along the way? I just feel like your playmaking and ball handling has improved quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. Ball handling, for sure. Playmaking, um, that's just always been me. I feel like I've just always been a smart player. So when I'm in the, when I get the opportunity to make the right plays, I feel like for the most part, I'm going to make the right play. You know, I can't make the right play every time, but for the most part, I feel like definitely going to make the right play. 
um, and get my teammates involved or shoot the shot and make the shot. All right, Jalen, I do have to ask you this. I, I also notice you're always beating everybody down the floor in transition. Are you one of those guys that your own teammates get mad at in practice because you don't take any plays off? And they're just like, man, come on, man, it's just practice right now. Are you one of those guys, or does everybody else kind of match your intensity once you guys are in practice? Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Even in college, like I was like that, just always going hard. Um, I kind of just like only know to do that, like working out. Like, I can't ever go half speed. Like, it doesn't feel right, I guess you could say. Mm. With uh, the way you guys have been playing, the more minutes that you and some of the other players that are normally reserves have been getting, how excited does this make you uh, for this basketball team when you guys get to full strength? And what are some of the things fan can, fans can expect to see from you guys? Um, I just know that we have, I feel like we have a great young team. You know, we got a lot of you know, great pieces. And I feel like, um, with our, I feel like we got a real deep bench as well. When them guys come back, you know, we still got me, Cody, Dennis, Kelly, like coming off the bench, whatever, uh, like how it was earlier this season. So I feel like we were just a really deep team, you know, with a lot of players that could do a lot of things and they're versatile. It's Jalen McDaniels joining the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jalen, you're in a contract year. I, I know most players say they're not trying to worry about uh, what uh, the contract, the future contract while they're playing. So two questions. Is that true for you as well? And how hard is it not to think about your future contract? Yeah, I got a sticker. Uh, <laughs> what'd you say again? No, no, you're good. Are you leaving right now? Are you leaving practice in your car? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. No, it's awesome, man. Hey, okay, what, what? Did you get your sticker? That's the question I have for you. Yeah, like someone, I got a handicapped sticker, but they trying to park right here. But I got here first, so. <laughs> uh, well, come on, goodness yeah, gracious! Yeah. What people need to make way for Jalen on and off the court. That's what we're here to yeah, say yeah. on the Weston Walker Show. <laughs> my, my my question was: You're in a contract year, and again, I know most players will say they're not thinking about their future contract while they're playing. Yeah. But my question is: Is that true for you? And if so, how hard is that not to think about your future contract while you're playing? Um, honestly, I just try not to think about it. But, of course, like, you think about it, like, mm-hmm. you're human. So, you know, you just, just like, for me, I would say just setting myself up for years to come, I guess, um, the way, by the way I'm playing, you know, just, just keeping that up and just being consistent, you know. I want to play in the league for a long time, 10, 15 years. So, you know, that's what I'm more thinking about, uh, the longevity. But, you know, contract gear, yeah. Yeah, we. I guess we just gotta wait till it gets here. I guess then I'll be more excited. Yeah, you know? there you go. So, then, yeah, uh-huh. then, then you'll have all the stickers, all the cars in the world, and you'll take up a bunch of parking spots. It's Jalen McDaniels yeah. here on the Weston yeah. Walker <laughs> on the Weston <laughs> Walker Show. Jalen, a uh, couple more questions, and we'll get you out of here. You guys lost an overtime game against the Knicks at the beginning of the season. You had a good game in that one, but you did lose in the end. How much of a revenge factor exists when you play one of those teams again? One of the teams that won a close game the previous time out. Um, I feel like we definitely have a chip on our shoulder we don't forget, you know, and it just gives us that extra, like, energy to go even harder and uh, and get the win, you know. That's what I feel like. And then, Jalen, the other night you guys battled back from a big lead, and one of the things about this team is just a tremendous basketball character, how you guys keep fighting no matter what. What's it like in that locker room in a game like Brooklyn where you guys are down so much at halftime and you say, no, it's not. we're not going to go out like that, and you guys come out and fight like you do? 
we just know we're like built differently. Like we can't like we way better than like a twenty point deficit. Like you know like that's unacceptable. So that's how we come in the locker room. Like bro, we got to get together way better than this, and we just got to go out there and apply it honestly. All right, last thing, Jalen. For those that don't know, you do have a brother, Jaden McDaniels, who plays for Minnesota. You guys beat Minnesota, and statistically, you had the better game, Jalen. Did you talk trash uh, to your brother afterwards, or did you just leave him be? I'm, I ain't gonna lie. Honestly, I left him be. He was kind of mad, <laughs> so you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it worse, you know. So I just let him. Who gets take that L, man? <laughs> who gets anger between you two? Definitely him. More definitely him, a little anger issues. <laughs> well, that's Jalen McDaniels joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. He'll be playing against the New York Knicks tonight, and you can catch it right here, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Yes, Jalen, man, we appreciate you. Thanks again. Thanks, Jalen. Good luck. Yes, Thank you. Yeah, appreciate Jalen McDaniels joining us here on the Wesson Walker Show. Look, I am deservedly being thrown under the bus right now and being criticized because a few people texted. The Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. Wahoo Rad wrote in, wait, why does Jalen have a handicap sticker? 704 number said, I dropped the ball. Me, Walker dropped the ball, and I'm soft. I need to ask the hard questions. That's the fact. The bagel guy said, throw Jalen under the bus. Did an NBA player just say he had a handicap sticker? So I heard that he needed the sticker, right? Because it obviously is destroying the interview in the middle there we have to regroup so as i was regrouping i guess i just didn't hear the handicap part of this i it's a fair question what's going on like Jalen's not even injured there's about four or five different other players <laughs> that might need that sticker but Jalen mcdaniels doesn't right now yeah no doubt when he said that i caught it but i couldn't process it quick <laughs> enough in the midst of us doing the interview but i did think about that i said wait a minute that's a little wild he has a handicap sticker. i i'm trying to rationalize it is there just an area in the player parking garage have you been down there I yeah mean, yeah so is there an area to where maybe the players they're all kind of in their own certain area of the arena and then there are handicap spots over there too next to the player spots what's going on not that i saw i mean all the players pull up in the valet parks their car when they pull up they drive it 10 feet to the parking spaces fitty how do we rationalize this i mean did Jalen mcdaniels just tell on himself you know, maybe because the the team was dealing with so many injuries mm-hmm. in an effort to not get them hurt walking into the arena, which this has happened, theory. they just gave them all handicapped parking spots. That a way that the players could park as close to the arena and, and not have to walk as far when they're going to practice or whenever they're going to a game and therefore making the guys that are really handicapped have to walk a long way or or maybe... Maybe he created this as a way to show Steve Clifford he's being handicapped, and even though he can't go to his left, he 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 has more to offer on the offensive end of the court. Was this your burner account texting in yesterday saying Jalen McDaniels wasn't good at basketball? Ah, oh, dude, that guy still has me triggered. I know he does. I know he still has you triggered. You wanted to play this interview like three other times just to play it for that guy. That said, Jalen McDaniels was not very good. Uh, Logo 704 said Jalen swiped it from Gordon. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> poor Gordon Hayward, man. I don't want that to be like that. Text in 704-570-9610. Jalen has been one of the guys that stepped up, for the, uh, though, for this team. Doug Branson gave him the new nickname, the Bondsman, for bailing this team out during some of the times that the offense grows stagnant 
Kelly Oubre also, Wes, I know you've kind of been impressed with what Kelly Oubre has shown this season. Yeah, he's, you know, I just like the mentality that he brings. He's going to keep coming, and he's been relentless offensively, even though the three ball that we love him for and know him for, we love the chef's kisses. Uh, he's been a little inefficient in that area, but just as far as just, you know, him averaging a 20 points a game, which I believe is a career high for him, uh, but just the mentality that he's bringing to this team, and I think he's showing that he will do, you know, whatever's necessary for this basketball team. Uh, to help them get victories every night, man. And you just you saw it the other night in Brooklyn. He was one of the catalysts for that comeback. Uh, he was the guy that just, you know, he had the eight boys to go along with it, a block, a couple of steals. So I just like what he's bringing as far as just knowing what's needed of him with the guys that are out and how he's just doing anything and everything. It's not perfect. I mean, he hasn't been a flawless player. You know, but he's just really been leaving it all on the court, so to speak. From a Hornets standpoint, there are a lot of interesting players based off of how their role is going to turn out once injured guys come back. Yeah. Yeah. Again, from a Hornet standpoint, ESPN's not doing an article on him, but from good old local standards, right? Mm -hmm. I think Kelly still is the most interesting player based off of when these guys come back because for me, he's been driving a lot more. I talked about it all the time last year. When Kelly drives, he gives you good opportunities to score at the rim. He just kept letting it fly from deep, and that's what made me want to pull my hair out watching this basketball team mm -hmm. because it made no sense. But he has been taking the same amount of threes, but his overall field goal attempts have actually gone up five times per game, which means he's driving a lot more and doing the whole inside-out thing that Steve Clifford has preached. Mm -hmm. So what happens for Kelly when you have a lower volume, which inevitably is going to come when LaMelo returns, when Gordon Hayward returns, even Cody Martin, Dennis Smith Jr., all those guys. I, I wonder if we can see the most efficient version of Kelly ever in his career because of the way that he's playing right now. And lower volume means better shots, not forcing shots. Can you be more efficient? And if that is the case then how much money is Kelly Oubre set to make up? Because this is a contract year. Yeah. This is also going into the argument, maybe trying to sell high on Kelly Oubre via the trade market right now. It would indicate that you're not doing everything possible to win this season. That's a fact. Same thing with Terry, Gordon Hayward. That would ultimately bring on the tank tagline. Yeah. If you decided to trade Kelly, then that's what that would bring. At the same time, you also stand to lose him for nothing. Because I don't know if Kelly Oubre is going to be back with this team. I would venture a guess and say no, he's not. Because again, contract year, if Kelly wants to compete at a high level, does he see that happening with Charlotte? Maybe. Maybe Charlotte does something in the offseason that attracts him to come back. I don't know what that would be. But at the same time, that's why you have to ask that kind of question, right? Do you want to sell high as possible, as much as possible on him right now? Do you trade him? Or do you let him walk for nothing? And so there, there's two different points of view. The people point where it's like, okay, management has given up on this team. They're trading a guy that's really stepped up the last 20 games, right? And that's, I think that's real value. I think the people part of this does matter. 
but it's also really tough to watch him walk for nothing, Wes. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, over eight of his last nine games, he's averaging 24 points a game and 48% uh, from the field, man. So he's playing great basketball, and it does make you wonder, will they indeed try to leverage this into getting something uh, perhaps for the future? What that may be, what direction they may go, I'm interested to see because when you look at the production, if he continues at this rate, and not to say he's going to average 24 points a game, but if he stays in that 20 range, I mean, what do you get back? Like, what's your end game as far as what you would want back for uh, a play of this magnitude? He's still relatively young at 27. Yeah, and he's, he not, past, he's not past his prime. Here, here we are talking about uh, some possible efficiency there. Fitty, you have something for us did right before we go? Did you about the pearls? Uh, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fitty, Fitty was distracting me in the background. He said yeah, he had did. something. I said, I said he wears pearls. Uh, that, oh, no. I was giving you the rap sign. Oh, gotcha. All right. Well, uh, do, you want, do you want me to go to break or do you want me to actually bust out in a song and rap? What did you want me to do? Can you rap us into break? No, I can't. All right. Let's go to break instead. I should have asked that question. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7. Talking Panthers up next. Next, Weston Walker Sports Radio 927. <laughs> Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. It's Wes and Walker. What's Walker, that? the Twitter handle that you can follow us. Wes and Walker. <laughs> oh, yeah. W-E-S-A-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. Are you asking about the song? Yeah, the 5,000th <laughs> one. We'll sing you $10,000 maybe. <laughs> yeah, what is that track? Big time maybe. It's uh, it's The Roots. I, okay. forget, I forget what the title is, but it's right. The Roots. Yeah. This, this is Represent by The Roots. Okay, there you go. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I, I do have to tell you, uh-huh. um, of all the music that I've currently imported, that y'all have requested all 238,000 songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Roots are probably one of, like, I, I've never heard of them, but okay. their beats, if you ever see me back here, yeah, my head's bobbing like a bobblehead. Got some soul okay. fitty. Look at that. Then wait till you put your boy tracks in now, Monday. <laughs> yeah. How much have you actually gone through the tracks Wes put in? Because I thought it was a lot when I put in like 60. And yeah, then, it's probably up to 85, 90 oh, now because yeah. I was doing it last night. Are have you, you serious? Yeah, I could do it all day long. <laughs> Wes, I'm going to need you to stop. Okay, I'm so, done. So I'm what's done. Funny, no, what's funny is, though, because at, at the time, before I had put any of my music in, I was like, man, is it not just so easy to just dump all of this music? Can't you just like do a click and drag type of thing? That's what I thought. It's actually not true. Yeah. So to <laughs> Fitty's true. defense, I went down to see how you have to transfer music and individual audio files. Yeah. It's... It takes a little bit, yeah. Especially if you have 60, 80, 238,000 if uh, you're fitting. I'm gonna stop. I'm done. <laughs> so w- there at least needs to be this breathing that Fitty has, like yeah. this session in between. I don't know, 50 songs at a time. But yeah, it's a lot. And so I, I'll give you that defense, Fitty. Thank yeah. you. You, when I was giving you the process of, because uh, you were like all about like, hey, bro, man, I'll help you do it, bro. What did I sound like? And uh, hey, bro, man. Okay. So, I, you know, I, I, I showed you how it was done. The look on your face <laughs> is it, it was very equivalent to the look of a woman's face at the bar when I asked them out. Because mm-hmm. you just seem dis. I mean, you literally just got up and left. 
You were like, yeah, sorry, bro. I got to run. And I, that's what happens at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I left you. Yeah. I didn't mean to do it. But at the same time, I, I do want to help you, though. If there is some time, I would like to help yeah, transfer some yeah. of those music yeah. uh, files in so we can yeah. get you maybe bump into something else besides the roots. Although yeah, it makes me you happy. Definitely, because I, I can't wait for you to be asking me what are some of the selections I make. Yeah, because, by the way, that is the, the latest purchase I made. I made the Elladelph Half-Life sweatshirt purchased yeah 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 i remember you told me that which is the album i believe this came off of if i'm not mistaken no, that, not that represent one. not wait represent i think so yeah, i'd have yeah. to hit a beat again i'm pretty sure yeah okay. i need to know it i can't be one of these fake guys that wears the album cover and doesn't know the song so we'll see <laughs> i'll do some research research team we're paying them a pretty penny around here so we'll get them on that as well yeah. all right let's go to the top 10 players in this carolina panthers seattle seahawks matchup because this is one that's extremely big for Carolina if they hope to keep their playoff lives afloat. Tampa Bay is going to have to lose. Carolina is going to need some help, but it's not like the Buccaneers have been great this season and they're playing a pretty good NFC team despite losing their starting quarterback. Let's start with you, Wes. Let's kind of go back and forth. Let's do three at a time until we get okay. to our final top ten. All right. So let's go with the first three that you have. Tell us who you have at one, two, and three, and maybe even in between, tell us why you have those players at one, two, and three. Uh, I have Geno Smith, number one. He's playing the wow. best football uh, right now. I mean, he's playing He's an MVP caliber candidate, okay. I would say so. He's <laughs> playing well. I got Brian Burns, uh, number two. Over Derek Brown this time. Yeah, I mean, the way he played, sure. you know, last game. And, you know, he's been coming on. You know, so, the sacks so no, and my the production. Only, my only question is, <clears throat> it was not like that. It was Derek Brown before Brian Burns for mm -hmm. a while. But this most recent game Burns is, what is a little hotter right now. Okay. A little hotter. Okay. And then I got DK3. Yeah, DK has been good with Geno. So has Tyler Lockett, though. Yeah. And that's actually the matchup. We'll get to this a little bit later on. But that Tyler Lockett matchup with C.J. Henderson. So even if we can have the argument about J.C. Horn, mm -hmm. even if they're still going to throw his way because D.K. Metcalf is such a good receiver, mm -hmm. I don't feel good about C.J. Henderson going against Tyler Lockett, somebody that has scored five straight games now with Geno Smith, of course, passing him that football. Look, I do think that Brian Burns, based off of what he was able to do in this most recent game, mm -hmm. I think he's been very good. I think Derek Brown has been a little better all season. So I'm actually okay. going to put Derek Brown number one on this list. Okay. Yep. And so he's not in your top three, but he's number one for me. I'm going to go DK Metcalf at number two. Okay. And then I think I'm going to go with Brian Burns number three. Okay. So Derek Brown, DK Metcalf, and then Brian Burns coming in at number three. Fiddy, how do you like those lists so far? Gino comes in at number one for Wes. He's kind of going with the more what have you done with me lately approach. Yeah. Right? And doing the hotness with Brian Burns. I'm going Derek Brown, DK Metcalf, and Brian Burns third. Derek Brown, DK Metcalf, Brian Burns. What do you think, Fiddy? And Wes's top three was Gino, Gino Burns, and DK. What are you thinking? Oh, I don't know. I'm really torn. I, I think I want to go with Wes because I've been I've been super impressed with what Geno Smith has done yeah. this entire this entire season. And I feel like Carolina's gonna have their hands full slowing him down because him at home he's just been a different player. So right now one through three, give me my man Wes Bryant. Okay. All right. There you go. Wes is leading right out of the gate, but we still have a couple more legs to go. This is when it gets really tough. I I'm gonna go with the rookie. 
the cornerback from Seattle, mm. Tariq Woolen, man. Okay. If you look at him, the stats that he's been able to put up this year, six interceptions, that's tied for first as a rookie coming in. His coverage grade is overall 72, but his coverage grade, what he's been able to do for this Seattle Seahawks team right out of the gate. Plus, I'm kind of projecting a little bit, but also just what he's accomplished so far. I do think Tariq Woolen comes in at number four. I'll put Geno Smith with his performance number five. I, it's just... I, I believe in Gino. He's been a great quarterback this season. It comes in at what is the most important position in football. But right now, I think those guys do provide some huge impacts at their position. That is in front of Gino. But Gino does come in at number five. Sure. And then I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to roll with uh, DJ Moore at number six. Okay. I do. I do view him that highly. So DJ Moore comes in in the number six spot. All right, I go uh, Derek Brown four, Tyler okay. Lockett five, Deontay Foreman six. Okay, why is that? Uh, well, like I said, Derek Brown, he's been really good all year. But I'm also thinking like, okay, if I was drafting these players just in a pool, uh, starting a franchise, I, I look at it from that aspect too. Who do I value the most? Uh, so, you know, Derek Brown. Uh, then, like I said, Lockett has been really good this year. Yeah, so I took been... him. And then Deontay is more of the uh, little bit of the what have you done for me lately approach. He's been one of the hottest players in the NFL over the last month or so. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put him in there. Six. How much of this is the surprise element with Geno putting him number one for you? And then when we're talking about putting him like I put him top five, which is still impressive. Yeah. I never thought in the world that I would put Geno Smith Correct. as a top five player in a mm-hmm. game. We thought Drew Locke was going to be starting you called him the most surprising storyline of the nfl so far i i do feel like this is something for real though i do too i think we've seen enough of a sample size i expect him to keep this up going into next season the contract absolutely scares you right like whatever contract you're going to hand him it scares the hell out of me at the same time he's throwing downfield He's completing passes at a rate every that, that no other quarterback is doing. Excuse mm-hmm. me, especially when you're talking about the depth of these targets and receptions. Yeah, I I believe in him. Yeah, me too. And the contract situation is interesting because when a quarterback plays well, you're going to have to pay him well. And But the way he's been playing, I think teams have enough uh, tape on him that if he was going to fall off the wagon, he would have done so already, and he has not. He's continued to play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, still some games left, but I think he looks like this starter uh, for the foreseeable future in All my right. mind. A little over midway through here, Fiddy. Derek Brown, DK Metcalf, Brian Burns, Tariq Woolen at four, Geno Smith five, DJ Moore six. That's my top six at the moment. Wes, what are your top six? Geno, Burns, DK, Brown, Lockett, Deontay. All right, Fiddy. With all of that, who is in the lead after the first 66%? I'm still leaning Wes Bryant because he has Deontay Foreman on his list. And I feel like if Carolina is going to be competitive or win this game, he'll be a big reason why. Deontay Foreman, he's kind of going as the offense goes. I don't know why. (laughs) The celebration from Wes Bryant after he was told that he was going to be in the lead. I'll go next here. I'll finish out the top 10. I'll just go with really 7, 8, 9, 10. Give me Tyler Lockett at number 7. He's having an excellent year. I've talked about that scoring streak from him so far. He's been very good. The wide receiver talent in this game, mm-hmm. it's been extremely impressive. So Tyler Lockett coming in at number seven. Yeah, this is where it gets tough for me because I feel like I need to go an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And I can't find one for the Seahawks. I think with the way that Carolina has been playing, Austin Corbett, 
Bradley Bozeman has really been good in just run protection. Mm-hmm. Icky Aquanu, if we're going to go projection-wise, I might go Icky because of his pass protection, not allowing sacks at all this season, especially after the first two weeks. So I'm going to go with Icky Aquanu, especially with some of the upside that he has for you as it goes on. I'll go with Foreman after that. He's been impressive there. Are you not putting Kenneth Walker above Foreman? The only thing with Kenneth Walker is I think he's still not practicing, so I'm not sure if he's going to actually play in this game. Okay. That just came to me, actually. Yeah. Uh, But Deontay, too, you know, just taking the the power rankings approach, uh, Deontay has been hotter the last few weeks than Kenneth Walker has. Kenneth Walker's been a little beat up. All right. Somebody is writing in. He's no... Riley Leonard, but you know. Yeah, no, he's not. Nobody is, though. Not even Drake May is Riley Leonard. Somebody else said, Are we forgetting about Johnny Hecker? You could. I'm not going to put him in there. You guys did put Justin Tucker in. We know Tucker you like in. the Dis the Specialist. So. I do. I do yeah, like the Dis yeah. the Specialist. Uh, I think I'm going to go. So Tyler Lockett, Iki Aquanu, Deontay yeah. Foreman. I'm going to finish with Frankie Luvu. I mean, what an excellent season he's had helping out that linebacking core. Had a great pro football focus grade last year to kind of tease you into bringing him to a bigger role. This this actual front office, they made the right decision with Luvu to expand his role with this team coming into this year. So he'll finish out my top 10. Why don't you finish out your top 10? Uh, I go DJ Moore, Tariq Woolen, J.C. Horn, Frankie Luke. Okay. Why do you have your order the way it is? Uh, Well, you know, DJ, he's been playing some some decent ball. I feel like he's a, a, a good a good enough playmaker to be in that spot. Tarek Willen, uh, mm-hmm. as you said, has been playing uh, really good football as well. He's a 25th uh, rated cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus. 24th, excuse me. And then, uh, you know, J.C. JC is funny because his grade is so low, but then you keep seeing PFF. It's like, PFF, can you make up your mind? Because they put out these stats that have right. all this amazing information in it, but then he's 40th. And the numbers that they put out, you would think he was one. Well, I mean, J.C. Horn, and it's somebody that I didn't have in my top 10, and honestly... You think I, he was Sean McVay. Well, I, I should really think, well, he is a genius when it comes to covering <laughs> guys, even if he's not finishing number one in grades. But I, I think... I think with the J.C. Horn grades, that's the tough part about pro football focus because he is not allowing a ton of passer rating, right? Like when anybody throws to him, they're not completing passes. And this is the other argument besides the Rams argument we got into. It was the fact that I do think quarterbacks are throwing to the other side of the football field when J.C. Horn is out there. If you look at the targets, he really has been targeted all that much. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Geno Smith is going to do that, especially with D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett being on each side of the field. Two great receivers. That is going to hurt J.C. Horn. It's going to be a tough matchup either way. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's only allowed 237 yards. He's got a couple picks, you know, so the 48.3 passer rate. I mean, like I said, I'm like, why is he 40? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes to show you some of these grades get a little twisted sometimes. And I remember talking with George Shahari of Pro Football Focus about Jeremy Chin Mm -hmm. because it was the year following his Yeah, because his grades are pretty down there too sometimes. Second place voting in Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Yeah. His coverage grade, I think, is actually accurate. I think that's what brings it down Mm -hmm. because we view him as this really athletic specimen, and he is, but there's also a reason we like him playing more in the box. When he's closer to the line of scrimmage, he's a better football player. He covers tight ends, but it's still something that he struggles with, even at this point in his career, his third season in the NFL, and so sometimes these grades will be a little wonky, which is why they're not gospel, right? 
and yeah. and I do give credit to PFF for saying they're not gospel. It's just what they're seeing from a game to game basis. Mm-hmm. But that's why you have to really take that into effect. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that as well. And you know, on a lot of the grades that I've seen from them, I do agree with it. And I like the grades because it gives me uh, the ability to kind of know what's really going on with some situations, like. Like, for instance, like a, a Diggs, uh, Trevon Diggs type of guy where he gets a lot of picks. People look at him on paper and be like, man, he must be this incredible corner. But then it's like, no, you look at the coverage grade, you see different things there, and you see why. So it it, it just uh, it just depends. So, All right. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go judge our consistency, by the way, week in to week out, because it probably wouldn't make much sense as I'm filling this out. But, mm-hmm. Fiddy, I will give you my top ten. Wes will, and then you can decide who wins because you are the authority. Derek Brown, DK Metcalf, Brian Burns ranked the top three. Three, Tariq Woolen at four, Geno five, DJ Moore six, Tyler Lockett seven, Ikki Aquanu eight, Deontay Foreman nine, and then I have Frankie Luvu coming in at number 10. What do you have, Wes? I have uh, Geno, Brian Burns, DK Metcalf, Derek Brown, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Foreman, DJ Moore, Tarek Woolen, JC Horn, Frankie Luvu. All right, who do you think, Fiddy, who wins that matchup? I think Wes wins because I like where he has Geno Smith and Deontay Foreman as compared to your list. He has JC Horn on his list as well. So after a few L's earlier in the show, both in a Sean McVay disagreement and Brazil being knocked out of the World Cup, my man Wes <laughs> gets on the board with a W today. There you go. <coughs> Gosh. <laughs> there you go. I hate it so much. <laughs> you need to drink you some hot tea during I, the show. I, I need to during the show. I do before, and then I sound fine. The podcast was better, man. I apologize. I'm trying my best. My voice hopefully can recover over the weekend. That'll do it for ranking some of the top players in this matchup. I do want to look at the actual positional matchups, right? Tyler Lockett, CJ Henderson, DK Metcalf, JC Horn, Geno Smith against the pass rush that is Brian Burns for this Panthers team along with Derek Brown. We'll get to some of that in the two o'clock hour of Wesson Walker, but it's time now for the second Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? Well, we're actually going to go to the phone line okay. because y'all asked Granny Pat to call into the show, and Granny Pat is on the line, ready to make her show debut here on the Weston Walker Show. Granny Pat, what's going on, baby? (laughs) Well, hey, boys, how are y'all? I first wanted to tell you that y'all do a damn good job together. You compliment each other, and I like that. Oh, that means the world, Granny Pat. Thank you so much for calling in. And one thing. Okay. I was pissed that Baker Mayfield did so good last night. He doesn't do it for us. I was pissed. (laughs) I like the feistiness, Granny Pat. Listen, I've been listening to WFNZ for a long time, and I used to love when you would call into the other shows. I said, oh, this would be an honor for you to call in and give us some of that feisty. Wes, is your mama fond of... Yes, ma'am. Tell her I want to go to a game with her, and I'll bring all the necessary little nips. Okay, well, my my mom don't take no nips, but she'll definitely go to the game and have some fun. No, ma'am, she does. She's just feisty by nature. She doesn't even need any. I would would hate to see her (laughs) off some extra fuel. (laughs) Well, I'd love to go with her sometime. But anyway, y'all do a good job. There's only one person on the whole place that I don't like, but I get over. (laughs) So anyway, uh, y'all have – I really say, last thing, I do – believe we're going to win Sunday. Okay. Okay. 
There you go. Honestly, okay. I feel I feel a lot better about that. Granny Pat, thank you so much for calling. Thank we you. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Abs- absolutely. Yes, oh, I feel so comforted Set now. Set it off right there. Granny Pat calling in. And yeah. if she feels good about Carolina winning, you know what? So do I. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for allowing that in our lives. Wes, for requesting it. Fitty, yeah. for allowing Granny Pat to get on the phone lines. All right. What's the flash, Fitty? Well, now we got to figure out who she doesn't like. Oh, that's true. She did say that there was one person. She might have did that just to spare Fitty. She might have. Maybe it's somebody else that I don't know. But we're going to hurt some feelings if we actually get down to the bottom to it uh, of it and then actually figure out who she's talking about. So maybe we just don't explore that. Oh, maybe. no. Hell no. That's just <laughs> not... We're we're gonna put on our our explore door the explorer hat and we're gonna okay. go exploring. I have a I have a guest. Okay. All right. We'll 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 get to Fitty's guest on the other side of the break. Plus, we do have to talk about some ACC hoops coming up this weekend. Can North Carolina finally get in the win column? It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ. things to clean up on Wes and Walker. My friend Nada texted me and he said, are you sure about that whole Ildelf Half-Life represent song matchup? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Right? I was wrong. Of course I was. It's uh, Things Fall Apart is what that album so I tried to roll with, roll with you. Man. And I appreciate that. But look, yeah. I'm going to clean up any mistakes. Sometimes people say, don't ever correct yourself on air. <laughs> Sometimes people do. I'm one that wants to clean it up. I'm one that wants to correct it. So Nada, thank you for being in tune. Also, Big Cat Dan, or excuse me, the Bagel Guy wrote in and said, North Carolina football plays this weekend. If I said football, I meant basketball. I mean, that happens people we're talking for three hours oh no it's all right i don't think there was any hate i'm just wanting to make sure (laughs) that i clean it all up because north carolina they do play this weekend they play against georgia tech so Mm -hmm. another acc matchup for this team it didn't go well the first time taking on virginia tech Hokies, good basketball team but fitty we'll go to you as we do often with the tar heel conversation man i i i don't want to be the alarmist right like i don't like myself panicking about this basketball team. I know there are plenty of heels fans that say it's way too early in the season. I know you've talked about this learning your lesson from last year. You're ready to call for Hubert Davis's job, especially when it looked like they might not make the tournament. Eventually they were going to be easily in and then they go on the run and play in the national championship. Bottom line is they have not beaten a power five team. Mm -hmm. They've lost four in a row. And while they have played some good college basketball programs, at the same time, it's not like that makes me feel any easier about this squad. Just because they're good, it doesn't mean that North Carolina should go 0-4 against those schools. You're playing Georgia Tech, Fitty. I want to hop back on. I want to believe. Eventually, it can't be that bad. But if they lose to Georgia Tech, where are we allowed to go on a scale of 1 to 10 with the panic meter. Well, let me tell you, if they lose tomorrow to Georgia Tech at home after six days off, you're going to hate me on Monday because I'm going to the game. I'm going to be in attendance. And I think you've learned over the last two weeks when this team loses, I'm a much more of a pain in the ass to deal with. If they lose to this Georgia Tech team, I think it's full-blown appropriate to sound the siren because that's five straight losses. You would have lost at home to a not-so-very-good ACC team and you'd be 0-2 in the conference. The good news is is that they've had six days off. 
The first two days, they were getting ready for exams. The last three days, they've been on the court. And they've been really able to spend some time and try to fix some things that are wrong with them in their in their half-court offense and then with their defense, with their rotations and stuff. And so I feel like you're going to see a much more spirited effort tomorrow. Hopefully, Armando Baycott is healthy enough to go. And I think you're going to start seeing Carolina start molding into the type of team we thought they were going to be when they started the season, the season preseason rank number one. Yeah, and so you're definitely going to be worrying if they lose to Georgia Tech. My question to you, Wes, is mm-hmm. how worried are you going to be about this Tar Heel team? One, even if they win, because it's not like this is the, oh, now they're back type of game. Maybe if they win by 20, 30, something like that, yeah. maybe that would be enough for you to feel a lot better about the Tar Heels going forward. But what if they win and it's overtime? What if they win and it's a single point deficit that Georgia Tech loses by, comes down to the final two possessions? How worried are you still going to be about this team? Oh, definitely. You know, I feel like I'll still be worried about them to an extent, but right now they just need a win just to feel good, just for a win to permeate through that locker room, like mm-hmm. a nice fan blowing mist off on a hot day. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're playing against the Georgia Tech team. It's going to come in. They're going to be a little confident. They beat Georgia the other night, the first time since 2014. They beat their rival. Georgia's nobody's, you know, world beater, but this is a Tech team that's won three out of four, but this is a team Carolina should beat. Uh, convincingly, mm-hmm. uh, but Carolina's still not, you know, shooting the basketball well. They're only shooting 29% as a team, and Georgia Tech has a number one three-point field goal percentage defense right now, so this could be a, a kind of an ugly game from a scoring perspective, but uh, as Fiddy said, hopefully Armando Baycott is healthy, and he goes to work on them, and Carolina attacks the basket and just plays just better, judicious, smart basketball, just taking better shots and just being more efficient. I feel like if this team just plays under control and plays within itself, they'll be okay. But um, So, yeah, but this should be an interesting game. But I expect Carolina to get back on the schneid. Carolina basketball catching some hate on the text line. Well, Pac James wrote in and said, wait until they Uh-oh. lose to NC State this year. Nope, it's time to give up on Tar Heel basketball is what I'll say, <laughs> just to avoid any type of closeness to the FCC. And then somebody else wrote in and said, I hope they mold into a 20-loss team. So Carolina basketball that would be great. catching some hate. I know you have Man. no problem giving some hate to Carolina <laughs> basketball as well. Here's Matt Doherty. Speaking of Carolina basketball, one that played on a championship team there, he talked about some schematic changes Hubert Davis might need to implement with this team. He talked about that on the Kyle Bailey show yesterday. Hubert made some key adjustments last year, moved Caleb Love off the ball and R.J. Davis onto the ball. But you've got to get some passes and side-to-sides to soften up the defense to get good shots. You cannot do it on the first side. You've got to move the ball. You can't do it just off of ball screens. There's got to be a little bit more passing and cutting, in my opinion. Uh, and screening. I don't think we're a very good screening team. I don't think we're a very good cutting team. Now, that sounds like, what does that look like? Well, if you really study the game, you'll see, are they cutting hard to the goal? Are they screening hard? So are they helping each other get shots? They're not talented enough to do it on their own. So they need to have a system in place that is fundamental and have a culture in place. And right now, their system needs to be a little bit more sophisticated because their talent is not elite enough to do it on their own. And the culture of 
playing hard, playing smart, playing together, which is what Coach Smith always preached. Oh, that's what Fitty coined on Twitter. Maybe not coined it, but absolutely adopted it for Twitter after or before each game. I agree with him. I mean, you do need a lot more cutting. Here's my question, though, Fitty. Like, if you look at the roster, the way that this team is built, you have two really good backcourt players, at least the idea coming into the season. R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, two really good backcourt players. And then you have somebody inside in Armando Baycott. That's your top three. Well, your next player, trying to at least provide the idea of what Brady Manick was last year and Pete Nance, those are supposed to be your top four offensive contributors. Is that fair? Those are the top four, right? Yep. None of those guys are cutters, right? Like you're talking about backcourt players, a post-up guy that gets a lot of trash points because he's an excellent rebounder. And Pete Nance isn't a cutter. I mean, that's just not what he does. He's more of a post-up, shoot some shots from the perimeter, maybe play a little bit inside, but that's a dump it down to a, uh, to him kind of guy as well. It comes down to Leaky Black, and that's not necessarily something that you've seen from him a lot, certainly this year, and you, you know, if he's your fifth offensive option and that's your cutter, where do they get it? That that I think I think Matt Doherty is right. I just don't know where it's going to come from. It's going to come off the bench if it's going to come anywhere. Because right. Puff Johnson's not a guy you're initiating offense for. He's an offensive rebounder, screen setter. You're going to see more Seth Trimble and Tyler Nickel on the court. I believe after what you saw in the final ten minutes at Virginia Tech last Sunday. That's where that that's where that's going to come into play because they're guys that they're freshmen. You're not going to initiate and you're not going to run action for those guys. So they're going to be playing off the ball. Those are guys I look at that can say when they're on the court, they're getting those easy buckets at the rim. And so you know if, if Carolina can start doing that, and, and also they got to start running their offense sooner. They're not running their 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 set until there's 10, 12 seconds on the shot clock. And our guys, as Matt Doherty said, they don't have the talent to make plays one-on-one in 10 to 12 seconds. So I feel like if they just start speeding things up, play fast, but 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 don't play hurried, you would see better, better offensive results on that end of the court. Yeah, Puff Johnson is the name that came to mind for me as well because I, I think he's got the size. He has some of that athleticism too. If you're talking about cutting, yes, Leaky Black, that can be implemented a part of his game. It's just, I think... You just can't depend on that every single contest because he's shown what he is offensively. Puff Johnson is someone I think you might need more from this year. Averaging 4.7 points per game now. You know, he was pretty big in the tournament run. We saw him before he threw up on a national championship stage. But yes, crazy. Puff Johnson was providing them some good minutes against Kansas. Wes, I feel like Puff Johnson is is a pretty huge X factor for this Carolina team going forward. Oh, he's tremendous because when you look at their quote-unquote, bench scoring, I mean, he's the only guy that's, you know, he's at five points per game. Everybody else, you know, three, three, two. So you don't expect that from a Carolina basketball team. You always expect a good, solid bench from this team where they're going to bring in some guys that are going to make plays and do that when duty calls. So Puff Johnson is going to be tremendous. I mean, he's basically their sixth man, and they're going to need him to come in and be as productive as possible, especially when you're talking about, you know, a guy like Leaky Black who – We've been talking about on here, you're not going to get uh, all the offensive production that you might want. And some may say, and some have said, that it's like Carolina's playing four and five offensively sometimes. So you're going to need that bench to come in sometimes and supplement that. All right, let's go to another Matt Doherty soundbite on the other side of the break. And then we'll start to talk a little bit more about some Carolina Panthers football. Matt Doherty compared Kyle Filipowski 
to one of the best Duke basketball players of all time. Find out who that player is. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.